Welcome to another VO Radio Show. This week we have a special guest in the form of, from Source Elements, Robert Marshall. On the line from Sydney is Robbo. G'day, Robbo. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm not too bad. I apologise for the car going past outside my window, but it's a stinking hot day here in Sydney and the air conditioning's not working, so I've got the window open, so you're going to have to put up with some noise today. Are you just saying that just to rub it in because I'm further south than you and it's actually still really cold down here? I could be. I could possibly yes. be. I, I also won't mention the fact that I'm sitting here in my board shorts and T-shirt waiting to duck out the back and dive into the pool. Ah, oh, nice one. Well, I'm actually sitting in a T-shirt but freezing, so yeah. uh, I'm not going out. All right. Well, there you go. But, uh, yeah, there you go. You've got plenty to rub in too. You're a short stroll from the beach though, so you're ahead of me in all respects. I must admit, we uh, have been to the beach a couple of times in the last week, which mm. has been rather nice because spring has taken forever. I know. The down under spring is here. Apologies to our listeners in the Northern Hemisphere who are about to experience winter again, but um, (laughs) it seems to have been a long wait this year, so I'm feeling good about it. It has. I reckon that's probably one of the longest winters I remember. Mm, Absolutely, and coldest. Yeah, shocker. Anyway, anyway, that's another story. We're not here to do weather reports. Although our guest today does come from the Northern Hemisphere, so there's a bit of a tie in there. And he also uh, lives in Chicago, which is known as the Windy City. The Windy City so uh, yeah, yeah. there's a bit of a weather link there. Yeah, Robert's uh, he's uh, the principal of um, Source Elements. Hmm. Really smart guy. Um, and they've come up with a new product, which I kind of was a bit confused about, but I'm kind of getting my head around the fact that I can see what they're trying to do with this. Hmm. It's the new ISDN box that they uh, that connects to your existing ISDN box that allows you to go on the internet. Yeah, uh, and then clever. connect through um, a kind of like a, um, a hub, a, a hub. Yeah. Mm. yeah, which is really interesting. So, should we find out what Robert's got? To yeah, say? we're making a mess of explaining it. We should let someone who knows what they're talking about do it. <laughs> All right, shame we couldn't find one, so we got Robert instead. <laughs> yeah, Here that's he is. right. <laughs> we just wanted to sort of talk to you about your new products, which is uh, of course the ISDN box that you've released. We, we are taking on customers, taking on accounts, and yes. Ready to go. So how's it going? It's got a lot of great interest and, and we've got a good number of people who've jumped on. So our first our first round is pretty much full. You know, like we said before, we're kind of taking customers on in groups just because of the way the lines have to be provisioned. But um, for a lot of people, it's a real savior, you know, like they've been sort of abused by their phone companies. And there's so many changes here that when they find out that they can basically get ISDN service and not have to deal with all the rigmaroles of the phone companies they're you know, it's like, you saved my life. Our ISDN is very cheap. Uh, I must admit, though, if I disconnected, I probably would never get it connected again because they probably wouldn't do it. Uh, I know they're phasing out uh, Telco ISDN in Australia in 2020, if my memory serves me correctly. That's the same date for the US, and I believe Britain um, BT was uh, 2025. Really, the question is, do they truly pull this off? Because um, I think they're beginning to find out like how much of a you know, seismic shift this is going to be for all the people that really rely on it. And <laughs> they're going to, we actually had that many customers. Wow. <laughs> well, that's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, it, it must be a, a half decent revenue source, ISDN for a telco. You would think so. This is, it's like supply and demand broke and there's demand, there's supply, and they just don't want to provide it. I honestly think a little bit what's going on in the U.S. is that um, some of it is just uh, getting around regulations and taxes and things like that. Uh, I believe, if I understand correctly, ISDN is um, sort of regulated and taxed as a voice service. 
which is not what the internet is, which is an information service. So I think that they shed all these things that telephone companies believe weigh them down. And so they rather herd all their customers over to the internet. It gives them much more flexibility. Um, They can saturate their networks more, you know, get more out of their assets, pile more customers into them, basically. And um, I think those are the types of motivations they have. And it is true. It is it is older technology. It's not going to have any new features. And certainly the internet is much more uh, capable of doing new and cool things, but they forget just literally how well ISDN works, you know? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, that's the thing. It is a very stable way of uh, uh, connecting studio to studio. Exactly. And and that's one of the great things about the VISDN product is that it's it's got our tech that uses two simultaneous internet connections. So um, if you can give it those two connections, you really are right back where you were with uh, ISDN. You know, maybe even better because there's not a single point of failure at that point. So how does it actually work? Because I, I was a little confused as to what this is. It's another box that sits on top or connects to your current ISDN box and then exactly. takes the phone cables out of the equation. Is that correct? So, so basically the way it works is we deliver a one rack space box that you connect two preferably internet connections to it. You can choose to connect only one. Um, And so that's its connection to the rest of the world. And then you connect your um, ISDN codec to the other port in our box. And that um, essentially takes your ISDN codec from 1995 and converts it to an IP codec and gives it access to the ISDN network, but through a last mile, which is, you know, the internet instead of the last mile being brought to you over copper from the phone company. So... Essentially, it's ISDN without the phone company. Okay, so but it talks perfectly to a standard telco ISDN box? Absolutely, because on the other end of the internet line, we've provisioned a whole pile of ISDN lines on your behalf, essentially. We've gotten an ISDN line for you, and we've extended it to you through the internet instead of you having to bring it all the way to your doorstep. And so when, when you're setting up two internet lines into your ISDN box, this is something, this shows how much of a Luddite I am. Um, how do you get the two internet cables going in? Is it is it from one server or are you using two servers or how, how does that work? Yes. <laughs> I am a Luddite. Yes, we all agree. <laughs> um, so it's pretty flexible. When, when we provision the service, we sort of uh, speak with you and, and ask you how you have your network configured and how you'd like to do it. You could have two internet gateways off of your LAN. So you have your local internet connection, and there could be two sort of ports out to the public internet from your LAN. And therefore, you could use one Ethernet jack within our device that then accesses both your gateways. Or you could just plug two separate internet services into two separate Ethernet jacks that are on the back of our box. And then um, it accesses them both that, that way as well. So that's why I said the answer is yes. <laughs> and what <laughs> do the do two connections way. do? They just make it more stable than one? Is that right? I, absolutely. So it's basically sitting there, you know, 100% real-time redundant. And so for the system to achieve a dropout, it w- both internet services would have to drop the same packet at the same time. And the error correction that exists on both uh, services would also have to fail. So um, like Source Connect, it has um, various types of redundancy that it's using on each connection. So if there's a packet that's lost, it has the ability to uh, recreate it or ask for it back eventually. Um, And if those two methods don't work, then it does result in a dropout. But then essentially those two methods have to fail on both systems for it to result in a dropout. So it's really twice as good. 
because statistically the chances of both these internet service providers dropping the same packet at the same time, it's proved to be extremely robust. And it's it's technology that we're actually going to you know bring over to Source Connect as well. So that's kind of exciting. Question was, and both Robo and I have mentioned this, especially after the, um, uh, the webinar we did with you a couple of weeks ago, when you've got Source Connect and you've got Source Connect Pro, what made you think that it would be a good idea to do an ISDN box as well? It was an interesting thing. You know, within the company, there's multiple factions who believe that this was the way to go and others who thought it wasn't. And so what one thought is why make something that is clearly destined to die? And so clearly, um, you know, ISDN is still used. There's still, you know, clients out there of voiceover talent who are asking for and requiring ISDN. And so if we have the means and the ability to provide that service, why not? Even if it might only have a limited shelf life. Um, not everything has to be always forward looking. It's more of service and here's here's what people want. So that's the reason why. And I think the reality is right now it's just a time of change. And so some people are fighting the change. Other people are going with the change. And we thought we would just add some confusion to it. <laughs> yes, good work. <laughs> always good to be a bit of disruptor. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what, what, is the, what is the long-term plan for Source Connect. I mean, you're obviously constantly evolving Source Connect. Uh, yeah, so Source Connect is our flagship product uh, yeah. and continues to be. And there's a lot of exciting things we plan on Source Connect. I mean, the upper Pro X version, I would hope to be able to provide at remote Atmos connections, which are uh, the newest type of surround sound that Dolby offers in, in theaters. So that's on the bleeding edge of the film side. And then continuing to take the standard version of it and make it even better for voice talent, you know, hopefully try to simplify it and make it uh, easier to use and very pointed at what specifically they need so that they can focus on their job and not really focus on having to deal with technology. And then, and then the pro version sits right in the middle and is really the meat and potatoes for the post-production companies. Um, that also is going to see some some new features. So Source Connect 4 is going to hopefully tie in Source Connect Now connections into Source Connect, the you know standard and pro and and whatnot. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, because I was thinking one thing that I'd, I'd like to see for me personally, and this is something else that Robbo and I were talking about earlier, is uh, when you're actually doing a session like this remotely, you never get to see the other person. So you can set well, up... Yeah, video will be brought into it. That is definitely in the plans. It's probably not going to be directly in the first 4.0 version, but it'll probably be in the 4.x, I would hope. We've had some of the musicians ask us for MIDI. <laughs> so <laughs> That's interesting. I did actually yeah, see, I, uh, I was watching a video just recently, and I, I, I hope it wasn't the person <laughs> that's asking for the MIDI, but I saw, I was watching a, a video with Alan Parsons, and yeah. he was having issues with Source Connect and rang you, and you ended up on the video. <laughs> Yes, and I was in session on a different session when he called up, and that's that's such a funny call because he, he he calls up and he gets my assistant, and my assistant is well, Robert's busy right now, and then Alan's like, well, tell him it's Alan Parsons, and he's like, hold on, yes, <laughs> and then that's I'm what... boom, I'm on the line. <laughs> yeah, I saw that clout. Um, so no, so so that was Alan was at that time that was many years ago, and he was um, pushing the envelope. Uh, he was doing a a live overdub against music, which we, we actually have another example of that on our website that I did with a singer from Chicago to the convention. And, and that gets used quite a bit, although the musicians more often tend to just um, use it as a fly on the wall to listen in on a remote session instead of literally recording it remotely as we do with commercials. And that's because they, they have more synchronization issues to deal with. Um, so 
you know, the movie industry has dealt with that and they're very used to it with uh, ADR sessions, which is another type of overdub. But the music industry hasn't as much caught on to the remote sessions as much. And so they're kind of still mainly doing fly on the wall sessions where they just listen in. But one thing that's really exciting is we are releasing for the Audio Engineering Society convention a new product for that works along with Source Connect. It's called Remote Overdub Sync. And so the big difference there is that... Um, the way ADR works and the way overdubbing works currently is that you have to synchronize the two timelines, which is what Alan was uh, a bit struggling with initially on that session, was making sure that when he hits play, the singer's system goes into play. The singer hears the background music, sings against it. Only the voice goes down to Alan's system, at which point Alan's system goes into play in sync with the vocal that he's receiving. And it goes right into his timeline, you know, in the right place. I don't know if that all made sense to you, but... Yeah, yeah. So the new system is essentially going to allow Alan to feed the singer the music. The singer sings against it. The voice goes back down to Alan... It's late, but we have dealt with all the delays and the latencies so that the singer hears it in sync, Alan hears it in sync, and then when he hits stop, we actually resync the file so it sits in the timeline in the proper place. And now the singer doesn't have to have Pro Tools or any sort of workstation open, and he can say something to like, hey, Alan, can you raise the backing vocals in my headphones and lower the bass, which would have had to have been something that was done locally on the singer's system. So the new, the new remote overdub sync system makes it much more like these engineers are used to overdubbing when the singer is right there, literally on the other side of the glass. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's very clever. Yeah. Now, I know we've, we've got to wrap this up because I think Robbo's got to rush off. Um, but one, one last question. What is your main business? Is it music? Is it voiceover? Is it ADR is it? It's probably I would say broadly it's post production, and in post production I would say includes voiceover and ADR. That's probably the the biggest slice. And um, I couldn't tell you if it's post houses or talent. It's probably an even split. No, actually not. I'd say there's probably more talent that have it, but you know they're they're, they're mostly with the standard version, and then the post houses have the uh, pro version. Um, and the main bulk of clients are. TV, radio spots, industrials, even people doing reads for phone systems and things like that. And then the, uh, you know, the groups doing ADR, that's, that is an extremely popular uh, use of the technology. Behind that is the musicians. Um, there, I, I feel like the music industry is just now, um, when, the, when, when you get the right, mu you know, musician or engineer on the line, they're like, this is possible. This is game changing. Oh my gosh. And it's like, um, yeah. We've been doing this in post-production for a long time, actually. Welcome to 2017. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know we, we've been doing this easily since the somewhere between the 90s and the 2000s. It really became very common in the 2000s. And, you know, in the 90s, it was more of a very upper-end thing. And in the 80s, it was amazing. And it feels like the music industry is kind of sitting somewhere in the 90s to the 2000s as far as, uh, wow, this is possible. And, and for a lot of them, it is like, not all of them. I'm not trying to say that they're all like <laughs> Luddites to use your own word. Um, <laughs> but, but it's great to have that enthusiasm when, when someone's eyes just get wide open, they're like, holy cow. And, um, and they do have their own unique set of, uh, you know, requirements. And that's where the remote overdub sync system is something that we're trying to present that fits more directly in their wheelhouse and, you know, it might not apply as directly to the post-production workflows. And I think that one is something that fits directly in the music workflows for overdubbing to a, a track. 
One question before we do go. Um, does Source Connect now connect with Source Connect standard? It, it doesn't. Yeah, that's that's a feature that um, we plan on rolling out with Source Connect 4 to tie Chrome, our Chrome version in with uh, the upper versions of Source Connect. Um, so, so right now, Source Connect now truly just connects to the guest of the Source Connect now account. Yeah. So our, our version of Source Connect now doesn't even use a contacts list, which is much different than Source Connect, which relies on a contacts list. And so those are going to unify at, in version four and, and, and that should simplify the product line because right now it's something that we are always explaining. Source Connect now is an island onto itself. Yeah. It's not the same as Source Connect standard or pro. But the, the things that Chrome does um, that kind of make it like sk- Skype on steroids, we can't really change that aspect of it. So when Chrome connects to Source Connect, like Source Connect will have to basically um, drop down to the methods that Chrome uses because those are really defined by Google, not by us. Interesting. Well, we look forward to uh, the new developments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. we are very excited. Couple, you know, definitely several things coming out. The VISDN product, the remote overdub sync system, and everything else is still trucking along. And it's very exciting. Yeah. I'm not sure how the ISDN will go down in Australia because we, like I said before, we don't pay huge amounts of money for ISDN lines. I would would point out one interesting use of it, actually. Um, Ah. My perception of what's happening in Australia is that although the local lines are not that expensive, the usage is extremely expensive in Australia. Oh, yeah. The, The per minute charge. And particularly with international calls. And um, I've spoken to a few studios in LA that do connections regularly with uh, Australia. And one of the funny things, certainly about the current version of VISDN is that, for instance, if you were to pick up the product, you would have an ISDN number in the United States. And that would make dealing with any client in the United States over ISDN much more affordable than an international long distance phone call at Australian rates because you would then be doing just a domestic long distance call at US rates. And the, the rate for VISDN is 10 cents a minute. And um, some of these carriers are charging, you know, in the dollar per minute and more range, depending on exactly where it's going to. So some of the interesting possible new uses are, you know, hey, there's a studio in London that does a lot of business with L.A., pick up a VISDN line and now you have a US-based ISDN line and you've knocked your usage costs tremendously yeah, down. Yeah, I must admit, I don't use it very much, but I did get, um, I did do a session with um, with America and it wasn't even that long, really. It was only probably 40 minutes or so. And I got an ISDN bill. My usage bill was like $260. Yeah. I, I heard of a radio station in Australia that was, I think, if I heard correctly, they, they were in the like five plus thousand dollars a month range with their ISDN usage. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. We would have been doing that at Triple M 10 years ago. And then some, we would have been doing double that even. And and check this out with, with VISDN, if you connect to another VISDN user, you're, you're now in the matrix and it's free. There is no usage. It's like, you know, source connect to source connect. Yes. (laughs) I do like the sounds of that already. Matrix. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and, and that's, and that's even a more fun thing. And the reason why I say the matrix is because, uh, you know, looking into the future and who knows where this goes. So say there's a lot of customers on VISDN and there's a few customers left who are not on VISDN and then all these phone companies pull the plug. Well, all the VISDN customers won't care. They will still operate and they just won't have the ability to call the customers that just got cut off. And so if all those other customers want to um, basically, what is it, the purple pill or whichever pill it is and go inside the matrix, then they can continue to do ISDN until the power supply in their box stops working and the company who made the box won't won't repair it anymore. In yes, which case, well, then they that. Fi- yes. sign up for Source Connect now. 
Well, so, exactly. sorry for Source Connect. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. One. Interesting. We're talking the Matrix. <laughs> I haven't got any lines that go with the Matrix. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of like a rainfall of numbers in green. That's all I think yeah, of. When I think there of you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and, go, and the funny thing about be? the Matrix is that it, it, is, is how they got back out of the Matrix was to make a phone call to a landline. If you remember that, ah, there you go. Ah. Maybe it was an ISDN line. Maybe it was an ISDN line. <laughs> it could have been. Well, I've got no more questions. Have you any, Robert? No, I'm good. Excellent. Well, that's that was great. awesome. Thanks, Robert. Mm. There he is, the man that knows everything there is to know about voice over IP, I would think. Uh, Robert Marshall, what a great guy. Absolutely. And a smart guy. I, I Like we said before we got on this show, that uh, it is just now a matter of time before Source Elements just explodes. It's going mm. to be everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. Absolutely. Although if you have to ring for a technical request, try not to get Robert on the phone because you'll talk your head off for about five <laughs> <Yes>. hours. <laughs> Especially if you're Alan Parsons. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the funniest bit of footage. If uh, anyone hasn't seen it, go online, Google Alan Parsons Source Connect. I think it will come up, Source Elements. Yeah. Uh, it's part of one of his videos where he's trying to record a vocal from a guy who's working remotely and uh, he can't get it working, so he jumps on the phone and uh, tries, to, tries to get hold of Robert. It's very funny. <laughs> Check it out. The power of being Alan Parsons. Absolutely. Now, it's not the I'd first like time we've that. had Robert on the show, but it's always fun. It is fun. Mm, it is. Indeed. And we'll, well probably have him back again. We will, mm. and uh, but that's a wrap for this one. So uh, God knows what we're going to do next week. We'll have to think of something. No, I might do it from mm. the pool. <laughs> yeah, waterproof <laughs> microphones. Absolutely. Talking about voice yeah. over IP, just quickly, I remember producing a breakfast show at Triple M in Brisbane years ago, and there was a uh, one of the hosts was a guy by the name of Dave Gibson, whose yeah, yeah. dream it was to um, to lie in a hammock on a beach in Fiji. And back in those days, have a landline connection back to the studio and phone the program in. <laughs> and? And, well, it never happened. He tried. Oh, of course not. Yeah. He tried. <laughs> he pushed it at every produ- every promotions meeting that ever, he ever went to, but he never got up. But it would have been a good one. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, that would have been great, but there's still lo- lots of people work remotely for mm. radio shows. You'd never know. That's right. Exactly. But, I mean, imagine, you know, it, probably a logistical nightmare back then, but you think about it these days and all you would really need is a laptop and, a, and an internet connection and you're away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you're anyway, dead right. Times have changed. Times have changed. Indeed they have. And on that uh, note, time is money and uh, better go and earn some. All right, we're out of here. See ya. The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. To polish your next audio production, check us out at voodoo-sound.com. Find professional voices simply all in one place. Realtimecasting.com. Including me.